Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris, back at it again for another one of these. Uh, yeah, I mean, I contemplated even doing this show. I was like, I want to do it. I don't want to do it. I've been a lot all over the place lately. Um, I've, I've gone through some of the toughest times mentally within the past few weeks that I've dealt with. Um, things got increasingly worse to the point of things you know, mentally getting pretty dangerous. And um, I just, I hit a point where I I was just like, that's it. You know, put everything into everything I got. And, you know, you want it, you want different. You don't want what's going on in front of you. You don't want um, the vibe, the atmosphere, um, the, the risk reception you don't want any of the things to stay the same way that they are well then you got to push forward heavily so you'll notice the uptick in content this week i um i'll get to that in a minute we're we're going to talk about that we're going to talk about a lot a couple different things um 
I watched Forbidden Door. I mean, I, I think the last time I did a podcast, I told you there was no way that I was paying $50 for this. But weird thing happened where I, I kept seeing these matches announced, and I, I just I was actually getting excited for a wrestling show. And, you know, I, I do a lot of um, playing devil's advocate on my own uh, wants or likes. And, you know, try to figure out why why I may be disappointed, just so that way... I weed out all those possibilities, you know, because I've been, you know, caught up in pay-per-views and shit and wrestling shows that I thought were going to be dope, and then it was like, oh, they just did that as a lead-in to something else. And then, you know, or or they just pull the rug out from under you, or the match is just half-assed. And, you know, I already knew with Omega and Osprey up top, you know, whether it be the main main or not, um, that, that was going to that was going to steal the show. That was going to be the, the match, regardless. And there's no way that those two, unless there was some kind of injury that knocked one of them out of the match, there was no way those two weren't going to deliver. So I already knew I was getting my money's worth on that. And Daniel said Okada was bound to be special because it's never happened before. And, you know, these two have, you know, well-established reputations. So they have a necessity to go out there and really show their shit against someone who they haven't gotten a ring with, with before. So I, I thought even if just those two matches were worth it, that's, that's, that's good. You know what I mean? Cause I had already planned, I was going to watch it outside on the screen, you know, hundred inch screen with the um, fire table out there. It's just, it's a beautiful atmosphere. I love it. So I, um, I did that and to me it was totally worth it. Um, I enjoyed it. You know, some matches were right. I'll, I'll go over the card for you. Um, I haven't done one of these show reviews in a bit, so thought that it's going to be anything groundbreaking. But um, so let me see what was the actual card. So they started off with the uh, I think this was the one hour pre-show thing, and they did. Um, Chaos versus the Mogul Embassy, which I don't really know much about either one of these uh, teams other than uh, Strickland and Nana and all of that. Um, I don't know. I just don't fuck with Strickland anymore because he talked to me like I was some nerd and um, he could fuck himself. So, you know, that that's just how I feel. When I see him, I, I, don't, I don't have the, you know, the utmost respect that I once had because, you know, the thing is, is like I see people – doing well like a Shane Strickland and I saw him doing well in NXT or I thought he was doing well clearly not if he doesn't work there anymore but um and and I you know just made a comment this is this is a while back and I mentioned it on the show before but I'll bring it up again just to let you know why I don't fuck with this cat um and you know I I had um I had made a comment like, yo, man, it's so great to see you, you know, succeeding out there. You know, it's it's one of those things when you scroll through, it makes you smile. And, like, cats that you used to watch, you know, in, in front of a little crowd are suddenly on television and, and in front of a giant crowd. And the stuff like that makes me happy. I like seeing that. Even if I don't watch your product every day, you know what I mean? Even if I don't even care about your product, which I didn't. And I don't care about the WWE product. I really don't watch it. Um, and I feel the same way about Joe Gacy in a positive way. Not not fucking, but um, 
I mean that when I see him succeed, it makes me happy. You know what I mean? Like, the thing is, is like, and I made a comment on Joe Gacy's thing this morning, actually, and, and he liked it. See, that's the correct response is when people cheer for you, you like it. You don't find a way to be like, nah, because remember that time that you said, and that's what Strickland did. Strickland was like, yeah, don't forget about the shit I said. There are, don't forget about the shit you said and then put like a vomiting emoji and shit. So this is, this is the deal, bro. This is, this is what I fucking said, and I stand by what I said. That doesn't make me less happy for a dude succeeding. But when I say you're on some fuck shit because you're running around blowing Sammy Callahan and jumping around doing that JML shit with the stupid little Spider-Man sign, you and David Starr, who's canceled from the business, you know, when you guys got all together and did that shit, and I said, I don't think that's a good look for you. I think that looks like clown shit, and you should be out on your own pushing yourself and doing better. That's what I said. So if you didn't like that shit then, don't like that shit now again. You know what I mean? Because clearly that was the right lane, right? Y'all had the Chris and all that shit in there imitating Masada. Masada wanted to kill half of you motherfuckers because of it. Yeah, that wasn't a good lane. Let's let's go back and let's look at that. Was that a good lane? No, of course not. It was this shit where a handful of y'all, because you were friends in the locker room, you you thought you'd bring this silly little group together and a big inside joke shit. One of the dumbest things that's done in wrestling is inside jokes within the, the locker room that's carried out into the entertainment product in front of the fans. Because, I mean, they had interviewers and everybody else asking, what does that mean? And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, that's, uh, we don't, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an insight. What the fuck? I mean, are you presenting an entertainment product or are you just trying to, you know, they say a lot of times, are you trying to pop the crowd or are you trying to pop the boys? This was a big fucking we're popping the boys moment for these motherfuckers. So, yeah, it was a bad look. You looked like a clown. And and that's that. But when I saw you rise above that and go into the WWE while Sammy still sits on fucking TNA and David Starr is gone, one of the Chris is canceled, the other one's not doing a whole lot. You know, I mean, I guess I was wrong. I guess I was completely wrong, and that was the right crew you should have stuck with. And I'm just a hater for saying that shit in the beginning. See, the thing is, is like, I may have gotten a lot less harsh. I I may have kept some comments to myself on the more recent times because, you know, I just feel like it doesn't necessarily help every situation. So I've chosen to tone down a bit. And I've also, you know, started to look at more angles where I feel like if, what I'm saying is going to go to the level of hurting someone in a way that I, I never intended, then I'll just pump my brakes and I'll lean back. Case in point is the, the um, Robbie Marino thing. When Robbie, like, said some shit to me and then I went back at him and I completely buried him on the show, all of a sudden I got start, started getting hit up by ex-girlfriends of his. And they're giving me all sorts of information. And they want to come on the show, and they want to talk, and they want to do this. And I, even at that point, I was still vicious. And I still took a step back and said, you know what? 
this is going to get too personal, and I don't want that. I don't, I don't have hatred for this dude like that. I, I thought he should never be a wrestler. I still believe that. And I'm on better terms with Robbie now than I was then. But I don't have a problem with revisiting anything that I've said. Anything that I've ever said. Bring back up to me now and be like, remember when you said this, 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 this? And I'll fucking, I'll back up what I said or I'll retract what I said. And I'll give you reason why I said it at the time. I don't have a problem with that. You understand that I stand on my words. I'm not some fucking coward on the internet with an emoji as his his, his uh, profile picture that just talks a bunch of shit and you never know who he is or see who he is. You see exactly who I am. And I I know that there's a lot of people out there that talk a lot of shit about me. And I know a lot of them can't handle me mentally, um, verbally, physically, any of this shit. So, hey man, it is what it is. Like I've said a million times, just because we disagree doesn't mean I need to go find you and fight you. I ain't fucking Batman. That's not... That's that's never been my motherfucking agenda, is to be like, well, say it to their face. Well, uh, really? So I think this guy's a jerk-off, so I should go find him and be like, hey, you're a jerk-off. So what do you think's going to happen next? We're going to have to fight, because I just called this guy a jerk-off, right? You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense to me. Everyone can have opinions. That doesn't mean you need to go force it on the person that it involves. That's ridiculous. You know, imagine like, you know, you, you hated a movie or you thought this uh, this wasn't good or that wasn't good. And, and you got to go track that fucking celebrity down to be like, yo, that was bullshit. No, no, now you're an idiot. Now you're a psycho. Why are you taking it to that level? It's an opinion on an entertainment thing. And that's all it was. This is this is what this is for me. You know, this is just my opinion. Like I said, this is just some jerk off from Jersey putting his opinion on this wrestling stuff or whatever comes across. That that's all that is. So I I don't I don't like what he's he's about. I don't think he could rap. Um, and now he's with Prince Nana. We're redoing the embassy thing, and they're like a shout out to Jimmy Jimmy Rave who fucking stayed in the wrestling business and begged fans for fucking money. Just was a regular peddler of fucking like he just like. Like any other drug addict, just begged for money, schemed on people, tried to get whatever he could out of people, why he continually didn't fix his problem to the point where he lost his life. And of course that's tragic, and that's terrible for someone to to do that. But the wrestling business held that motherfucker in place for him to keep doing it. He was at the CZW training school, and I got fucking private messages where he fucking, he's asking me for money. And I wasn't even his Facebook friend. You understand? Like, I I can't support the part of this fuck shit that you guys continue to do. Pretend like you're not part of the problem. So, you know, hey. Um, is what it is there. So, went off a little side tangent. All, uh, I guess... Just uh, summarize that, and I, I really didn't give a fuck about that match. Um, Billy Starks and Athena, I really didn't give a shit about this either. Um, I'm not a huge women's wrestling fan. Um, I, I want the best wrestling there is out there, and there are some women that can deliver that. Um, some of this stuff is just average, and I'm just 
I, I'm all right. Um, let me see. Um, Stu Grayson versus El Phantasmo. Uh, I don't even really remember much of this match, so I don't know how much of that I actually watched. Uh, the um, the the sixth man, the next one, I, I really I think I kind of tuned out for that one too. That was right towards the the end of the um, pre-show. Maybe I was getting the shit together to get outside or whatever it was. Um, so the first matchup was uh, MJF versus Tanahashi. I've kind of flipped on Tanahashi when I first um, when they first did that tour and they came over to Jersey All Pro. I, I I liked everything everybody was doing. I, I think I was just caught up in the fact that all of these big-name guys were all over here at the same time, and it was pretty incredible. Um, and it was. But overall, Tanahashi's boring to me. Um, just doesn't do anything that jumps out. Um, I need some kind of flash or some kind of um, aggressiveness or something that jumps off the page, some charisma, some something. He doesn't... I don't know. He plays like the flashy kind of guy, but nothing he really does is all that flashy, you know. And um, uh, that's just the way I feel. And, you know, MJF being a heel, he's not going to be the guy to do the super flashy, you know, pop stuff. So he's just going to work a heel type of match. He knew he was going to go over. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to lose the belt to Tanahashi on the opener, you know. Uh, next up was CM Punk versus Kojima, which is, it was wild because CM Punk came out to huge booze. I'm not really sure what this was or why this was. I don't know if it was because the statements he's been making are against uh, the All Elite guys who they were big fans of, uh, including Kenny Omega, who, you know, he, he hasn't really taken as much direct shots at Kenny Omega. So there's a lot about the, the Elite altogether, which Kenny's part of. But he seemingly is taking the most shots about the Young Bucks and um, Hangman Page. Uh, that's just just my view on it. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he has said some more specific shit towards Kenny or whatever. I don't know. But um, I'm thinking maybe because they're in Canada and that's that's Kenny's spot, and then they're like Buck Punk. I don't know. It, it's strange. And honestly, he seems surprised. So even though you know, oh, you, know you could say, oh, he's doing his job or this and that, I don't think he was supposed to be a heel that night. I really don't. And he really didn't even work the match like a heel. Several points, he kind of looked at the crowd like, really, guys? When they were booing him so heavily. Because they were booing strikes. They were, like, yaying <laughs> in ex- exchanges. They were, like, yaying Kojima strikes and booing punk strikes, which I hate. I think that sounds really, really fucking stupid. Um, I like genuine cheers. I don't know. Like, with, with the crowd participation, I've always been about genuine cheers. Don't run the fuck out in your entrance and start telling people to clap their hands and turn it up and this and that. You get in the fucking ring and do something that makes me want to clap my fucking hands. That, that's how I work. I, I don't, you know, you're the one getting paid, not me. So I don't have to work to make you work. You know what I mean? Yes, the crowd is a big part of the energy that goes into the match, but I think that's your job to build. You know what I mean? To start it from nothing. Like, hey, I'm just here now, so clap like like you've never seen me before, even though you were here last month. Yeah, I'm good. Go ahead, man. I mean, I'm rooting for you, because I, I know you've done some shit that's had me, you know, hyped out here before. So, 
I'm rooting for that to happen again, but I'm also not ready to go ballistic until something's valid and going crazy for. So I hate a lot of the chants. I hate a lot of this crowd participation nonsense because it just it doesn't make sense to me. Other than just creating noise in the arena that maybe the guys get all hyped about. I just, I don't get it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they, they didn't like them, boom. I mean, if that's how they feel, go for it. You know what I mean? I just don't like the fucking, yay, boo, yay, boo. Oh, come on, guys. You sound corny as shit. Um, um, but wrestling fans are usually corny as shit, so, I mean, let's be honest. Um, you know CM Punk was going over in this, too, so it's like they were all bent out of shape that he was going to win, I guess, but, like, you know, especially what he did. Eddie did the, the Kojimo spot at the uh, in the corner with the lariats because um, Homicide did that interview. He's like, uh, or Punk did the impression of Homicide during the interview, talking about lariat, lariat, and um, <laughs> Kojima. And he did that shit in the match as like a shout out to Homicide. And I thought that was great. I got a huge kick out of it as soon as he did it. And um, I had a good time with the match. I thought it was good. You know, not going to steal the show. And, you know, CM Punk matches in 2023 aren't going to full-on steal the show. I think they belong. I think his promos are going to draw people to the product. I think he's an absolute draw still regardless. But, I mean, you know, if people are going to criticize every little, you know, move or match or this isn't that, you know, call it for what it is. You know, this is this is a guy that's definitely not in his prime. Took a lot of years off of wrestling, and I'm not making excuses for it because, like I said, I I think this was a good match. I thought the um, the match with Roderick uh, that Joe had, or who had the, yeah, ma- match with Roderick Joe had was really good. Um, the match with Punk was pretty good too. Um, not quite, you know, the old Joe Punk matches, but this isn't back then. That's a long time ago. So, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I just thought about those other matches, while, and I don't plan on, like, reviewing those shows, so I figure I would just throw those in there. But again, you know, even the, the Joe Roderick match with CM Punk on commentary, that match, I remember watching that match with CM Punk on commentary, um, and it was right when Roderick was starting to to really pop off. And he was doing a lot of big matches with Sanjay and uh, Jersey all pro. Some of those are banging. Um, and then uh, he had that match with Joe and it was the revolution strong style tournament and uh, CM Punk on commentary. And I remember CM Punk saying like, uh, yeah, he does a lot of moves where he throws guys on his knee, but if he throws Joe on his knee, he's going to turn his knee into a fine powder. I remember him saying that, and I'm like, that is a great early build, too. There's no fucking way he's doing what he does in this match. Because knowing he's going to. And then when he did, he reacted like, holy shit. And he said, this kid's got freaky retard strength. And clearly, you can't say that today. But I laughed my ass off of that. And I thought that was like, yo, that shit was funny as hell. And um, we ran around using that phrase for a while after that. But, you know, it's a throwback. So having Samoa Joe and Roderick Strong in the ring and CM Punk on commentary, I thought that shit was cool as hell. 
and then, uh, you know, they had a great match out there, which just set up Joe Punk the following week with Punk giving the respect and Joe going, I'm going to rip his fucking head off. And, you know, it was just a good, it, it was just well, well done as far as I'm concerned. So, again, like, it's weird because some of the people that, that get mad about the, uh, you know, super card booking and stuff like this, when a guy like CM Punk enters, you know, a, a structure of a, a feud or a storyline or something like that, he makes it all kind of make sense. You know, he makes it all work where it, it has like a flow to it. But the same people will be mad at him for even existing. But they also want storylines and, you know. So, I mean, can't please everybody. Um, so Punk wins that. Um Next up was Orange Cassidy, Daniel Garcia, Shibata, and Zack Sabre Jr. I thought this was great. I really like this. I don't like that Daniel Garcia dancing around shit. i never seen this guy before. Uh, homie Jeremy says that this dude's really good. I didn't think anything he did in the match was bad. Um, I just think that dancing shit is ri- just ridiculous. And uh, it's out of place. And, like, I-, I don't know. It just, it looked dumb, you know. I mean, there's there's guys that have danced in, in wrestling before and stuff like that, and it doesn't taunts, but, like, it would be, like, in these weird spots where it was just, like, a basic movie did that, and he'd break into this fucking hyper-ass dance, and, uh, bro, I, I don't know. The rest of this match was done very well, and uh, I thought it was an excellent four-way. Um, Orange Cassidy's really impressed me over the years. I got to tell you, because, like, Initially, when I saw him, and it was him and, and Lucky 13, Lucky was the absolute star. He was the, uh, at the time, he was just Lucky, New Jersey All-Stars. And, um, you know, he was doing crazy, you know, 450s and landing on his feet off backflips through, you know, like all sorts of shit. He was doing, um, you know, real, real cool aerial stuff real, real quick. And, you know, immediately got your attention. Orange Cassidy was all right, but he did just kind of basic stuff, and he didn't have the athletic ability of his partner. So, you know, over the years, he, he did his shit with um, just being Orange Cassidy. He did um, Fire Ant and all of that stuff. And when he got into AEW, he caught a lot of heat from the Jim Cornettes and a lot of people like that. Um for not doing anything or the pockets thing or doing the little uh, fake kicks or the, the, the half effort stuff. But, you know, like, when you look at the actual matches that go down front to back, moves are had, you know. Um, it, it's It definitely takes a little bit of uh, suspending disbelief, um, playing along. But in the, the grand scheme of the overall match, like, even when his competitors are, his opponents are out there looking at him like, this is fucking ridiculous, and I'm going to kill this guy with this bullshit. He does this crafty version of that thing that works into a match that gets him over. He's super over with the crowd, so he's winning there. He's he's worth money because of that. And then on top of that, these matches aren't bad matches especially when you look at the talent that's in there with them on this four-way. It's not like, oh, (laughs) this match managed to be good even though there was Orange Cassidy. No, he was 100% a big part of this match, and, you know, the the guy who goes over is the winner. It was excellent. 
So I, I give him a lot of credit for, for doing what he did because he created a lane for himself where there really wasn't one. He was just kind of an average guy next to, next to a guy who was more athletically talented than him. So I give him a lot of credit for what he's built to this point. Um, that doesn't mean he's my favorite wrestler or I pop for everything he does, but when you look at his entire, uh, you know, what he puts together, I, I think you should give him credit. Um, Sonata versus Jack Perry. This was good. Um, Jack Perry's, you know, he's pretty good. You know, he's gotten good in, in a pretty short period of time because he kind of just burst onto the scene. We would see him in the, the Joey Janela spring breaks and, and then the AEW took off. They grabbed him right away and, Obviously, name recognition is going to get him an opportunity, but athletically, he's really he's worked hard to be, you know, a really good light heavyweight wrestler. So, props to him too. Um, Sonata wins that one. Um, this was great. This was um, the Team Elite versus the what, what the hell do they call themselves? The Blackpool Combat Club. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, this was banging. Ishii is, is an absolute monster. Kingston's great. Claudio's great. I mean, you know, Mox, you know, he, he does his thing in there. I mean, this this was a good one. And um, Takashita, which I don't know, man. Every time I read that, it looks like it says Takashita. But, um... He's I, I I you know I'm not well schooled on the Japanese wrestlers or, or wrestling in general. I, you know there's a lot of upcomers and stuff that I don't um I don't know who the fuck they are and I didn't know who the fuck this guy is either. I guess he runs with uh Moxley's crew with the Blackpool Combat Club and uh, Claudio and all that and holy shit he hit fucking Ishii with a forearm that dropped him like I was like oh shit like. Ishii's supposed to be this unstoppable warrior, and there was just no fucking playing around with that forearm that hit him. And uh, <laughs> he had to roll out and regroup and shit. And then he came back like he's just a block. That that fucking dude is so <laughs> so solid. He's one of those dudes that you can just tell, like him, Suzuki, Ming. Like these are people that, like, if they're 80 years old, like, and you. You know, you're a little young jerk-off kid, and you steal his newspaper or something. Like, yo, that's that's the wrong one. You know, you could just tell that that guy will kill you at any age. And um, yeah, I'm a fan of his. But this was a really good match. Super stiff, tons of action. Uh, Team Elite won. Um, let me see. And you got Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. You know, refer to the other women's wrestling. Um, comments I made, it's, it's the same to me. Nothing's groundbreaking about this. Um, but I do think it served the purpose as a cool-down match because, you know, if you go from one grade to the next grade, I think it it, um, it makes it harder. So I think um, this was a good match to stick in between that that we just watched. And... Um, the next one, which was Osprey Omega, which, you know, just to me can't lose. And I'm sure the third one's going to be in, in London, and I can't wait for it. Um, that That's going to be dope. Uh, this was a great match. Um, I do think I like the first one better. 
Um, but that's just like two awesome matches. Which one did you like better? Not that I didn't like something about this match. Um, of course, the Tiger Driver got all sorts of um, attention because, oh, my God, it was so dangerous and terrible and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I agree it was dangerous and blah, 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 but, um, I mean, this is the story they were trying to tell. They, they were going to do any vicious kind of shit in the world, and this is, you know, especially on this Japanese crossover pay-per-view a legendary spot happened in a Japanese match. The Tiger Driver, you know what I mean? Masawa. It, it makes sense that they did it. It's as silly as it is, and as people want to say, it doesn't make sense to do it or it was unnecessary. It still made sense to do it because it, it related to something that tied to what it was, and they were putting down this monumental contest between each other. If you look at... Um, Masawa Kawada, Masawa Kobashi. Like these were the ones that they were going to hit this unstoppable series of moves against each other, and who was going to be the one that just couldn't couldn't take another one? You know, couldn't fucking couldn't handle that one last big head drop, strike, finish, whatever it was. I mean, it's it told that same story. Whether people like the Japanese strong style or that uh, fighting spirit or, you know, whatever they want to call it, um, that's their, their preference. But, I mean, is discount it because you'd rather someone hold a fucking headlock for 20 minutes. Like, that doesn't make, you know, it's a different type of wrestling. It's, and you're not going to see that on every, and if they were doing that every match, if he did that on the Saturday show, I'd be like, that was fucking ridiculous, you know? When I saw fucking, <laughs> I saw yesterday or the day before, that like three years ago, uh, Danny DeMano threw Brandon Kirk through a flaming table off some kind of balcony or heights, and he fucking rolled up. And I was just like, look at this stupid shit that happened three years ago that I never saw happen at all like it that's the stupid shit that's the unnecessary stupid stupid shit there's going to be dangerous there's going to be risks <clears throat> but was mankind off the fucking hell in the cell like a good move was that a good healthy move was that was it going through it and fucking with the chair following them was that a nice calculated smart decision no but it's one of the most iconic things ever now i'm not saying that this Tiger Driver is going to be the most iconic thing ever, but, I mean, it's been talked about a whole shitload. So maybe some of those things that brings attention to the actual match is, is going to be what keeps it strong for all those years. Maybe someone starts talking about the match 10 years from now, and they go, man, you, they had this fucking crazy match at Forbidden Door, Two and and they were they were going back and forth and it's just and then all of a sudden it's gonna hit their head and be like oh and the fucking tiger dude you gotta see this fucking move you know what let me pull the match up and then that might keep that match alive that might keep that the memory of that the the legacy of that strong so to me it makes sense it's a risky thing it's it's their career that they're putting on the line it's their bodies the same way that we do with all this fucking shit. Oh, it's what they want to do. It's for the passion. Okay, well, but the, but then, like, when something like this happens, and everyone's like, oh, it's just fucking stupid, and everything's stupid. Uh, come on. So, this is a fantastic match. Um, as expected, Osprey came out with the win. Um, 
you know, uh, Omega got the first win. So, you know, now you get the rubber match in London. Even though they didn't book that yet. Um, Sting, Darby Allin, Naito, Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Suzuki. It's all right, you know. And I'm not a fan of a lot of these guys, you know. Um, Sting, I always liked Sting, but, I mean, he's fucking 60 years old or whatever. I mean, and the thing is with that is I also think they did too much with Sting. I think they should have strategically just put spots in that match where he would almost hit this fucking Scorpion Deathlock and then that would get broken up by something or... um, you know, he, he would hit his stinger splash or he would uh scorpion death drop somebody in at the right time with a you know, something added to it. Yeah, he'd scorpion death drop somebody and then uh Darby Allen would hit the coffin drop on him or, or some kind of combo of some sort that would get the pop of the sting move. But for the most part, do some frustrating shit where he doesn't get to get in the ring quite as often or something because why why expose this guy like that? You know, Jericho looks weird out there. I don't give a fuck how many people, you know, still follow what Jericho's up to and shit. I don't, I don't, I don't really fuck with Jericho anymore. Like his shit looks weird. His body looks super strange. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, he's, he's great. He's a legend. He's, you know, he's, he's reinvented himself a million times, but he's another one that's up around that age we're like yeah you're you're not gonna steal the show let's keep it short um that's to me again he's got millions of fans that feel differently so this is just just my opinion this isn't sammy Guevara. i don't fuck with it at all i think he looks like steve-o on ecstasy and uh i'll never get past that i just can't i can't deal with that cat um Mayito, you know another legend but you know Suzuki's fantastic. He's he's just a monster. He's always fun to watch because he looks like a human Boglin, you know, and he'll just rip your face off. So that's, you know, but again, this was another good buffer match because you now had to bring the crowd down a little bit after that Osprey and Omega match before you went into Danielson Okada, which was the next one. And um, this was another great match. Um, This wasn't, Omega Osprey by any stretch, in my opinion. But I think they worked a really good match. Uh, I mean, during the match, um, Okada hit a hit an elbow drop on Danielson, and Danielson didn't have his his arm tucked right or something, and it caught his uh, his arm and broke it pretty severely too, as the X rays later show. And for another ten minutes, he worked using that arm. He was selling that arm as if the arm was hurt, and he, you know, obviously not just selling, but working around his offense with. And you know, the crazy shit about with injuries is, you know, they they attack the visible injury. Like they start to work that arm. They start to do things to the arm that's already actually fucking broken, and it's not just a sell. So they do all of that, which is just absolutely insane when you see the the x-rays and what he was dealing with. Um, Even going for the finish, he ended up finishing, altering his finish, uh, using his legs to to get the submission instead of just locking in the label lock. But when he first went for that fucking label lock, he locked those fucking hands together with a broken arm. That arm was like clean, broken all the way through. 
like the, not all the way through as far as both bones. I think it was just the one out of the two on the forearm. But that that was a clean all the way through that that bone on the forearm, and that's that's fucking brutal, dude. To even move that arm and and hold it together with any kind of pressure at all, it just insane. It just shows how tough he is, and um, hopefully he heals up and he still gets a good run in him because AEW is clearly a great place for him to get this type of stuff. You know this this um these Okada matches and shit like that that you know, never got the opportunity to have before. So this was good. And, and like I said, I, I felt it was, it was worth it. It, um, it made sense for me to have gotten this because, you know, this is, this is what I signed up for, what I signed up for delivered. So, um, yeah, that's that. Um, and then the video game came out. And I got the video game, and super happy with it. It's got the old-school THQ vibes of the N64 games. Uh, I think more so than the PlayStation games, because people try to lump those together, and they're just not the same. I think the game changed for the worse. Once it hit PlayStation, that was the beginning of the end for the THQ franchise. Um, you know, just the, the whole... Um, you know, line of wrestling games that were just killers all the way through, and then they they moved to the PlayStation and the next gen after that and it just it just was never the same. I haven't played the new WWE game and I won't because there's no way I'm playing two wrestling games at the same time. Um I think it's fantastic that Joe Gacy's in the game. I, I just I think that's fucking awesome. Um but uh the the AEW game, I've been fucking people's faces up with the back fist. Um Eddie Kingston being a playable character when you turn on a video game is, I mean, it's just awesome. You know, he's one of those guys that I'll root for forever. You remember when Eddie, uh, man, it was probably just within a year of him signing on with AEW, and he was talking a lot about that. This would be his last year of wrestling. It would be his last year of wrestling if something big didn't happen because he just couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't. He couldn't put everything into it and not make it anymore. He couldn't continue to just be on the lower, you know, tiers and, uh, you know, watching other people, you know, do it and succeed and not getting the opportunity to do what he does, you know. So to see him get that opportunity and that door not close on him, because it has on a lot of people, you you know, a lot of people never got those opportunities despite deserving them. And, um... You know, AEW giving him that platform and him being a, a big enough player to be, a, you know, a character in the game. And now I'm online playing with whoever your fucking favorite wrestler is, and I'm I'm bringing Eddie Kingston. And I'm hitting people with the back fist. I got a question for anybody, makers of the game, that clearly don't listen to this podcast, but um, why the fuck do they show the fucking submission... On on a on a, a, a load screen, but I can't do the submission in the motherfucking game unless I'm missing something. I don't think I could use Eddie's submission in the game, which does happen sometimes where they miss a move or they this and that. But they actually have a load screen that talks about his submission. I'm not really sure why they did that, but 
every time I catch a win with him, that shit is fucking... I just love it. I'm sending my shit through another person's screen in their house going, Eddie Kingston just beat me and shit again. Like, love it. And I, you know, I'm not the best in the world, but I, I got a decent record, especially on the uh, False Count Anywhere shit. And, um, yeah, man, I, I'm having a great time with that. And I hope they continue to just add to it. Um, I, I really hope that they add in the future... Um, you know, some wrestlers that you can earn via the, uh, you know, whatever that is, the uh, season pass or whatever the fuck, where you're, you know, you just, you grind some in the game and actually come out with new wrestlers and shit. Because I saw, I think, FTR is in there now, but they're like 12 bucks or 15 bucks. I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? Just to use, to say, you know what I mean? That ain't happening. So I really hope they, they move off of that direct pricing on wrestlers and, and go a little bit more into the people putting in time and work into the game to earn some of the wrestlers. And, you know, again, you can, you can always do like all these other games do with the season pass where, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that don't have the time or, or whatever to grind it that long so they can buy levels of that season pass. And then you're still getting money off of the people who are going to spend the people who aren't going to spend, aren't going to spend. It really doesn't matter you know, whether you feel that's the way to get paid or not, because you can still leave that avenue to get paid from people who just don't want to, you know, put the time in. You know, let the people who are going to put time into your game and dedicate to your game, let those people be for the most part. You know, let you know you throw in some for sale things, and, and for sure, you know, like I said, the, the season pass shit is usually a, a subscription kind of deal. They got it on the... Um, Disney Speed Cross and uh, the Overwatch and all of that other shit. So it makes sense. Get your money there, but, like, you know, other than, like, special costumes and shit like that, don't make wrestlers behind a paywall. That sucks. You know? shouldn't have to pay fucking $5 or $10 to play with your favorite character. You know what I mean? That, that's just ridiculous. But anyway... Um, great game. Um, like I said, pretty basic, but it's on the early going of it, and I'm sure as it, it keeps going. And um, I, I just love the way that the PS5 and and all these systems are set up now, where they just set up these these patches and they they send these updates through, and it just changes your whole game. Like, oh, remember that shit you didn't like about the game? Oh yeah, we fixed that. Like that, you know, growing up in a day where you used to blow on fucking cartridges and hope that they fucking turned on you know, um, to have in-game actual fixes during, after you purchased already. Usually, they cobbled together whatever game, and if you didn't like part of it, you were fucked. You were beat. You already bought it, and now it's worth a whole lot less money because that's it. You know what I mean? As soon as it leaves the store. So, oh, you want to sell it pre-owned? You didn't like that? Like, <laughs> fuck. There's not a scratch on it. I bought it yesterday. Like, it's fucking crazy. So at least now, like, you know, you can hope that even if you don't like a game, there's there's a good chance that it's going to get better as it goes, which is really, really positive. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, and then Eddie Kingston, he just went over to Japan and won a title from Kenta. I don't know which title that is or anything. Again, I, I don't really follow the product, but I know who Kenta is. And I know who fucking Eddie Kingston is and what Japan means to him. And to win a title over Kenta, I, I just unbelievable. And he's in the tournament coming up over there. Like, the, the, this shit is just incredible. 
you know, seeing him succeed on that level and, and get to the places that he always dreamed of, when a guy like him has always been so, so passionate about what he does, you know, I mean, it's just, that's, that's the good feeling I, I hope for when I watch wrestling. Um, not not two fucking guys hugging each other, bleeding in the ring, going, oh, brother, brother, celebrate your fucking mental illness somewhere else. I don't, I don't need to see that. I don't give a fuck about that. You just ruined everything we did here. The, the feel-good feeling is when you see this guy work hard enough and then achieve what he, he wanted to achieve. You don't have to create that through your blubbering, fucking crying speeches with each other. Go fuck yourself. You know, I, that's just how I feel. Um, so, again, shout-out to Eddie Kingston. Um, so, yeah, let me get into, you know, my content and um, what I'm doing out here. Well, that's cool. I went almost an hour. I had almost nothing to talk about. Um, so, I decided, you know, to make myself a schedule because I've been doing this um, Motivation Monday um, for... I want to say close to six months, maybe less, but it feels like close to six months. And I haven't missed a Monday. And the thing that's kept me to that, and I mean, shit, I have had Mondays where I woke up like, fuck the world. I don't give a fuck about anybody. Fuck everybody. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta do this though. I, I gotta fucking do this. Because again, like when, when you have that feeling, sometimes it's the one person that says something positive that helps to get you out of that shit. So I stayed with it, and part of that is the schedule and me living up to my own standards that I I set before me. So when I've been doing these videos, what's been happening is, you know, I I am heavily mentally traumatized by everything I went through, between the cancer, losing my 21-year career, and not knowing what my future is, not knowing where income is ever going to come from again, not knowing if I can ever do what I did to save cats' lives and and improve a cat's chances in this world firsthand the way that I did again. And that, like, that's hard to even speak because it's, it's everything. I put everything into this, and it hurts me every day. So what would happen a lot of times is I'd post something about cats or I'd post something that uh, AHS is doing. I have countless stories and and terrible shit that they're doing or have done. But what happens is I I put it out there. You get a couple people go, oh, that's terrible. Oh, that's such a shame. Those poor babies or you deserve better or whatever. And then they go away and that's it. But I've just ruffled up those feelings and those emotions and those um, those stories and and, I, and I've reopened these wounds and now I sit alone and no one hits me up. And Nina's at work and the kids are doing their own thing and I'm in my own fucking head. And this shit has taken me down to the point of just such heavy depression... I have anxiety and depression and, and I can't sleep and um, it's it's just, it's brutally hard. So, you know, it would always kind of be random that I get from this point to that point or show up on YouTube with this video. And one of my 
escapes as I was going through all these things mentally and dealing with the loneliness and the um, just depression overall is I, I kept leaning on my chicks because I, you know, I've never owned chicks before. I've had chickens for a few years and everything. And um, I always, you know, you'd see the babies and you always just wanted to, ah, oh, I wish we could have those. Ah, we can't, you know. So when I decided to take those on this year, I had a growing, blossoming, living thing in front of me that was relying on me and and just every day that they grew and they they stayed healthy you just became more proud and more attached to them and and that's where I put a lot of my my mental energy because although I'm still loving my cats at home and taking care of my cats great and doing everything that I do with my cats for me to vocalize and present cat things now you wait on the response and you wait on this and that and it's just it becomes very hard and I've hit a lot of roadblocks because of that um, so it would lead me with this just kind of sporadic all over the place videos and not really knowing you know what to post on what day or when I should and more times than not just not and so I decided last week next week this becomes my job and as of now, it's not going to be my job because it's not a paid position. So this is more or less an internship or a, but don't you have to work under somebody with that? I don't know. A volunteer. I, I don't know what it is, but more than volunteer because volunteer is not really a commitment. But I'm treating this as my job. I'm treating this as I'm going to create something that's going to allow me to make something in the future. I'm going to create something that's going to help pave the way for my future because I don't have any certainty. I don't have any answers for what that is. I don't have any answers for how much time I have on this planet. You know, I, I don't, I don't have any bad news for anybody, but I don't have any good news for anybody either. You know, I haven't had my scan post cancer scan. I was supposed to get it six months after my surgery and now I don't have insurance, so I can't get that. So, um, I'm still pushing myself physically doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Um, but you know, uh, until I get that, I won't have any assurance that I don't currently have something going on again in me. You just never know, especially when you've had this already. So it's scary stuff, and it's something that just lingers in my mind. Not so much that, like, oh, uh, it could be any day, but, I mean, it could be any day for anybody. And knowing that I have so many stories to tell and knowing that I have so much to put out there and advocacy to do for these cats, there's no more fucking time to waste. I don't care... And, I, and I'll take this, this from uh, a paraphrase, uh, uh, a quote from Coach Payne. Time doesn't care how you feel. Time doesn't play by your rules. It doesn't play by what's going on with you. Time doesn't care if you're having a bad day. Time doesn't care if, it's, if you're upset, if you're mad, if you're hurt. When it's over, it's over. So you use your time how you use your time. If you need so much recovery time that the majority of your life is in downtime and recovering because life is too hard, well, that'll be the summary of what you are. That'll be the end. That'll be, that'll be what you put forth when someone goes back and says, well, what did they do? Well, you know, they had a hard time. And, eh, well, you know, they worked over there for a while. But, yeah, after that, I don't know, you know, well, 
seemed all right. Uh, you know. No, I'm. I, I'm way too loud and proud about the things that I have to say and the things that I have to put out there. So I'm not done. I'm not done by any stretch, and I can't be anything but done if I don't act. If I don't, if I don't produce what I know I'm capable of producing, well, then, then I am done. I could talk all that. I'm not done. I'm still going. I'm da, da, da. But unless I'm going to actually put action to this shit, then... Um, and Coach Payne's quote was just about the time thing. All of this extra shit is me. <laughs> uh, it's just not, you know, I, I, I can't I can't stop anymore. So I made that decision that this would become my job. And, and um, Monday to Friday, I would put out three videos a day. Monday will be uh, fitness, motivation, tips, whatever. Tuesday will be all cats. You know, and because, you know, initially when I loaded up that page and I wanted to do this page and the TikTok and all of this other shit, this was like I wanted to just do seven days of cats, but I didn't realize, like, the mental trauma or the the, the volume of the, the mental trauma that would overpower anything that I wanted to say. Anything that I wanted to do would never reach a higher volume than the mental trauma that I was being, you know, that I was having as a result of what I put out there. So putting this on Tuesday allows me, if I would like, a week to recover from whatever I have going on. Um, now, I don't know. I'm This could have contributed because, you know, today I woke up in a, in a way worse mood than I have all week. I, Monday and Tuesday I woke up like, yo, I am fucking killing it. This is what I'm talking about because I had shit ready to go on Monday, on Sunday night. I had ready shit ready to go for Tuesday on Monday night. I, you know, I even last night I had shit ready to go for today. Last night, like I'm trying to do that where I'm setting my next day up so I'm ready to roll and then I just have to build on that and I already have an idea on what to do. You know what I mean? So um Wednesday uh we'll be gardening uh yard kind of stuff, which I'm going to have to shift, you know, come colder months I'll have to shift you know I'll, I'll do some different things and hopefully I'll gain some momentum in some of these avenues and I could double down anywhere that I I, I desire um, Thursday will be chicks chickens ducks pigeons all the things in my pen in there um, so that'll there's plenty of content there you see lots of those guys and that'll be their space uh, Friday's going to be miscellaneous there's a lot of other things that um, I can add to uh, Friday between, you know, uh, my fish tank stuff, uh, my puppetry, my, um, all sorts of different things. And, you know, if I have more that I want to add on any of these other topics, I can throw those into that Friday that I just want to throw another one of this or another one of that. And then that's it, you know, Monday to Friday. And, um, the other thing is football season. I'm going to start doing like a, either a Facebook Live, Instagram Live. I'm not really sure which avenue I want to go with that. Maybe I'll do one week one, one week the other, see which works out better. Who knows? Uh, it's not really that serious. But um, I don't want to do it on a podcast form because I used to do football talk on here. But then I realized that it's, it's a ridiculous thing to even record um, and keep in archive because no one gives a shit about week eight of last week's season I, I you know i'm a diehard 49er fan you can't get many niner fans as 
or football fans that are as diehard as I am. And, you know, I don't give a shit about week three last year and going over what happened and each team's scores and who gives a fuck. So once it's over, it's over. But in the moment, it's, it's awesome to talk about. I love talking about football. And in the moment, it's great. I watch lots of sports shows, but I don't watch archives of sports shows. I don't watch, um, you know, old undisputed episodes and shit. You know what I mean? Like, there's clips of shit that you'll revisit and now compilations that will be put together that you'll revisit of great stuff that happened here and there. But that's a lot different, too, because those platforms are meant for that year-round. Um, they're keeping receipts on, on predictions and all of that stuff. So, you know, it holds up a lot more because they create an atmosphere where it all ties together, where if you're doing a like a multifaceted platform where you have all these different topics and, and genres that you're going to go into, uh, you know, to kind of like wedge the football thing in there and expect it to hold the same kind of weight as, as a dedicated sports show is ridiculous. So um, I feel like doing it on lives would be great. Um, I am fully prepared to talk for an hour about football by myself if I want um, or if I need to. Um, however, I reached out to a bunch of different people, um, some wrestlers, some not wrestlers, some, you know, diehard fans of any given team that wants to chime in on what their team's up to. You know, I'm going to keep writing down. I'm going to keep reaching out to people as I see diehard fans of uh, any given team. And that way, as the football season goes, Anyone who wants to want to talk on any given week is, is welcome to pop on for, you know, whatever time they'd like to, whether it's 10 minutes, you know, whatever. It's, it's a very free, open thing. We're not looking for, uh, you know, weekly podcast hosts or, oh, I need you every, every week. or da, da. I'm going to do Monday and Friday. Monday we'll talk about all the games that happened over the weekend, preview to Monday night game a little bit. And um, Friday, we'll talk about all the games that are about to happen on the weekend, you know. Um, so I think when we're talking about big matchups, and I got Greg Excellent, who is a huge Ravens fan. Well, I got Lamar versus uh, Pat this week. Well, shit, I want to hear what I want to hear what he has to say about this. And then when that game goes down, oh, Lamar pulled an upset over fucking Joe Burrow and them. It, it, these Ravens might be a different team than they were last year now that Lamar's happy. And is OBJ going to, you know, go for the big – I want to talk to the Ravens fan about that. I want to hear from him about that. I'm going to get Kid Osborne on here, ask him about the Cowboys. I'm going to get my man Eric on here, talk about the Eagles. You know, Jeremy's going to talk about the Bills. Tank's going to talk about the Saints. We got – you know, we got a good little run here. We got a good little roster. We got um, a handful of people here. Like I said, I'm going to keep building on it. Um, you know, I got uh, Ken Grover. He, he's going to come on. He's a Niner fan too. But, you know, we, we get two perspectives on our team, and now we could toss a couple things back and forth. You know, so I, I think it, it should be very uh, entertaining. I think Nate Webb might come on for the Colts, uh, Joe Numbers for the, the Patriots. And again, like, you know, you want to talk some football about, you know, your team or whatever, tap in. Let me know. Um, like I said, it's going to be a quick, easy little thing. Hey, what's your thoughts about it, you know? And then you can tell me, oh, you know, 
that left tackle has been holding us back all, you know, until we get to the draft and we fix that, that problem on the line, we're going to keep having problems. And now people that aren't a fan of your team might watch the next week and be like, oh, he was right about that. Should look at him. Oh, shit, I didn't, really, I didn't realize they were struggling over there. Stuff like that. I can tell you a lot about the Niners because I'm a, I'm a diehard Niner fan. So I, I don't want to make it just a, a weekly talk about the Niners because that's, that's, you know, so much more of a limited audience. We're going to talk about the NFL, the games, the spreads, all of that shit. And um should be fun, you know. I just like talking about football, so if I can grab a couple people to talk about football with, it's not going to be, a, like I said, a full podcast or any of this kind of thing, but Mondays and Fridays I'm going to be doing that in addition to all the other shit I'm doing. It's not, you know, to replace anything or anything like that. Um, also, I'm going to be starting a Twitch stream. I may or may not work on that today. Um, I don't know. Technology really like infuriates me. Um, I'm just too much of like a, a gorilla to, I don't know. I, I can't, as soon as technical shit starts happening and I don't understand it, I'm just like, I don't know. Fucking, I just get mad because I can't control it. I don't know how to, I don't know how to work it. Um, so we'll see. Um, but that's, again, that's another in addition thing. I'm not doing any crazy fancy shit. I just want you to see me, you know, talking shit, playing video games, you know, and, and I think I'm a lot more quick-witted than a lot of these uh, kids out there doing the Twitch streams and whatnot. So if it turns into something, it turns into something. But, again, it'll just be another form of content. I'm trying to make everything I'm doing some form of content so I can try to um, turn it into something that, that makes me something. Because I'm doing all these things in my house every day. You know, and like I said, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, all these things are these different topics. I'm doing all those topics every single day. It's not like I only deal with my cats on Tuesday. So I'm presenting those things on those days, but, you know, I'm running around here like crazy doing a lot of different shit. So I'm just trying to get um, exposure on parts of it, and hopefully I can help other people. Hopefully uh, my content is valuable to people enough where I'm able to monetize it and make money and create something out of this because I've seen so many people with, with limited to no substance making a lot of fucking money because they're just consistent with their content. So consistency is going to be key here, and this is why I just got to grind. I don't give a fuck what kind of mood I'm in, what kind of what I want to do or how I'm feeling. I got to do this shit. So, um, you know, like I said, Wednesday's gardening in the yard. Uh, Thursday, chicks, uh, miscellaneous. I, I think I went through all the days already. But, um, but yeah, so the Twitch stream is another thing that I could add to that. The podcast is another thing that I could add to that as far as just doing more content. Um, so any suggestions, advice, um, any kind of help you guys can do as far as sharing my shit with anybody that you think would like it. If you know somebody that, that needs help fitness-wise and, and you think you know what I'm saying might help them or they're depressed and what I'm saying on Mondays helps them, send it to them, you know, uh, people with cats, you know, cat groups, cat, anything, uh, some kind of thing about a cat, drop my fucking link in there, you know, start, <laughs> we got to start getting under these motherfuckers skin until they can't live without us, you know, this, this shit has to get, this shit has to get aggressive, and I'm going to do everything aggressively on my part to, to continue to put this content out there because this is what this needs. And, um, you know, uh, it's just uh, we've done the, you know, sharing on your page, all of that stuff. We, we you know, we got to take it another step. The people who 
we wanted to hear things. Some of them heard it, and they turned the fuck away. Some of them I wasn't important enough to spread the word for. I've, I've cut ties with multiple people throughout this, this experience. Um, you know, motherfuckers who have time to go on vacations every other week, fucking cruises, fucking on this island, on that island. And anything they fucking want in life, all over the place. People who I called friends, and then when I went through my hard time, they no-sold the whole fucking thing. At least have the decency to tell me what your fucking problem is, you know what I mean? What, what's your problem with my struggle right now, you know? What, what's your hang-up on helping your fucking friend, knowing that it wouldn't affect you at all? You know what I mean? I, I'm not one of these people that like to count people's money and shit like this. But when you, you call somebody a friend... And, and people you've never met before are more generous than these so-called friends. In your time of need, tells you what the fuck you're really looking at. It really does. And I don't have any, like, I don't miss anybody. I don't miss anybody who's not here for me. Because why? Why? What the fuck? They're clearly not missing me or the, the phone calls would have happened. An edible arrangement would have floated into the house over a fucking cancer recovery. You know what I mean? But it didn't. It didn't. But I can cut, cut my own fucking watermelon. I could fucking grab a handful of berries, smoke a joint, and live my motherfucking life. And that's what I'm doing. That's, that's what the fuck I'm doing. I ain't waiting on edible arrangements no more. I'll eat my motherfucking fruit by my goddamn self, and I'll put, put my vibe out to the world. I'm trying to trying to turn things in a positive direction, and sometimes negativity creeps in. Sometimes uh, negative things are what you need to speak on, but I can't dwell on them, that's all. So I'll speak on anything. I, I, I'm not above speaking on negative things or speaking negativity at all, but I, I need to be above dwelling on them. I need to be above keeping them alive. They need to die. You know, these, these negative spaces, these negative people, these toxic areas that I've found myself in life, they just have to go away because I, I know the result of how they made me feel over time. I know the result of um, just the, the repercussions of staying in these lanes, staying in these circles, staying hoping and wanting and talking to these people who don't give a motherfuck about me. So... Um, that's just, you know, quality of life changes and, and things that I've done uh, mentally to continue to try to steer myself back on onto the road because it's just, um, it's necessary. It's the only way I'm going to make it through this thing. So um, I appreciate all the support and uh, love that you guys have given me from this show. Uh, I'll continue to do it as I can. Um, as I told you, the, the other content that I'm doing is, is number one priority. So I really, really um, would appreciate if everybody who listens to this show followed me on these platforms. You know, I get 200-something listens a week, which is nothing compared to so many of these other podcasts out there. I'm not saying it as a, as a bragging point. But I'm saying I would love 200 subscribers on my fucking uh, YouTube right now, and I don't have that. And a lot of those subscribers on there don't listen to this fucking show, <laughs> which means I should probably be closer to 300 if everybody on here was over there. Um, but, you know, it's just, again, 
the people who want to participate will participate. The people who don't, don't. And we'll continue to find more because there's enough great people in the world out here, and a lot of them are just harder to find. You know, there's there's people who have championed me for years on this cat stuff, on all the stuff I'm doing, adopted multiple cats for me. Dad lost one of their cats recently, and they, they hit me up and was like, yo, do you have any recommendations? And I was like, uh, well, I don't know any other cats but my own, really, at the moment. So, and they're like, so you mean that you're not a popcorn anymore? I'm like, yo, you didn't see my videos? And, like, I swear, like, they're on the same social media platforms and shit. So even people within my range that undoubtedly supported me because then I, I sent her the video and this and that and her and her husband sat there and watched it and it was like this is heartbreaking. I can't believe what they did to you. These people are terrible. Well this is this is so upsetting and you know what I mean? And they immediately felt what I was going through. This is you know, this is the difficulty. This is even getting it out there because there's people that are right there that just still haven't heard somehow. And it's like, it's just difficult because you keep hitting these these things. You get some people that will tell you that they're there for you to talk, and then you just don't fucking hear from them. And they they expect you to never call them out on that. They expect you to never go, hey, asshole. Remember the, like, keep in touch, and then you're like, yeah. Where the fuck you at? Yeah, I mean, but matter of fact, Never mind. Yeah, I mean, you can watch me from afar like everybody else. I don't have to be mad at people. I don't have to be in search of anybody anymore. But I want to create something that has people in search of me. I want people that, that, that seek my expertise, uh, people that seek my opinion on things that I have any kind of strong opinion on they don't have to agree with me I don't have to agree with them but at least if my opinion has value enough to consider it my feelings have enough to consider you know uh, just just the way of, of communicating I, um, I I think that's how we build like a better circle you know and, it, and it's hard work because it's like I've said on some of my motivational uh, Mondays, we want our circle to be the closest people around us. We want it to be the people that we picked. We don't get to pick our circle. We get a few of them. Maybe we get a few right. But it's like the NFL draft. You know, it's like some of them wind up Ryan Leaf. You know what I mean? And then some of them wind up your Tom Brady's who were way late in the draft and accomplished what he did the unexpected friend that winds up being the better friend than the one that you expected to be there for you. You know, that's that's the thing we need to be more open to instead of keep dwelling on the one that we expected, you know. That's like keeping that, that bust quarterback for like five years because like, but but we drafted him number one. It's like, yeah, but he's not any good. You know, you you can't, you can't keep starting this fucking guy. You want to give him another year or something, all right? But if we're on year five and the fucking franchise is in the shitters, the fucking stadium's half full, we got to make a move. 
That's that's where I've been feeling. I've been feeling low attendance for a long fucking time now, and especially through this shit. And uh, if if any time where I should have got an increase in attention, I would think cancer and everything else I've gone through would be the time. And it isn't. So again, that's on me. So I have to adjust and um, reprogram a bit. So yeah, that's that's pretty much everything I got going on there. Uh, let me see. I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, can't think of anything else really. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. I'll uh, try to do another one of these within the next week or so. Um, feel free to hit me up with topics and shit you want to hear me talk about on here that. You know, I'm not really covering quite as much on my um, my other platforms and, and my um, my videos and everything because I'm going to try to pack as much of that into those. So, um, but yeah, hit me up. Feedback, please help me spread my brand or whatever you would like to call it. I appreciate it. Peace. Talk to you all later. Have a nice night. Stay dry. It's raining again. Tired as rain. Makes my grass green. I won't complain about that. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. Keep it in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you... Good. Black cheese tell me tells me all the time to listen to what you gotta say because you be blazing people and I'm like, well, I gotta hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide. Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth, even when I lie. The Juice Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something straight off the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no foolishness.